following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Ming's not unbeatable. With all his men, he couldn't even kill Flash. Gordon's alive! Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts... From Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad. And introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. We are at Minute 29 of Flash Gordon. Eric, how are you this evening? Uh, Brad, I'm looking over my shoulder at every turn here, because I gotta tell you, I recently trained a bunch of really elite soldiers to kick some serious butt... But I might have ticked off my boss, because I think I gave him the wrong mix of steroids. Yeah, man, you gotta make sure you give the right pill. You really need to give him the right pills. But it's uh, we're, we're, this is our, our last episode of the week, and we uh, to finish out the week, we have our fantastic guest, Jonathan Howe. Jonathan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm ready to play some green football foot egg. <laughs> yes it's a fine sport honestly i think the game would be even better i i hope this is what vince mcmahon does with the re- revamped xfl i hope he has some eggs in the uh in the new in the new season i, I think this would could really differentiate it that would be a great promo to get our generation into the xfl would be vince sitting there on the ground and someone throw him a green egg, and you just hear, and he just stands up and he goes running. He's like knocking people out of the way. All the haters that said the XFL was never coming back. I can't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get revved up for something that I don't care about. <laughs> it's just the XFL. <laughs> uh, we're at minute twenty nine. Uh, Eric, you are our designated um, a, a recapper. So, 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 what happens in this minute? Well, we get lots of good fighting, lots of good egg football fighting. And uh, to reference uh, our opening there, Ming calls over Clytus because his, his soldiers are getting, they're getting beat up by Flash alone here. And he, said, he asks them maybe you should execute their trainer. So uh, first of all, it's, it's just it's a great line. I mean, it's, it's a great exchange. It's, done, it's said so nonchalantly, Clytus doesn't bat an eye at it. But when I was a kid, I always misheard this line. And I thought he was saying, are your men taking the writer pills, which I just figured was some kind of Mongo medicine or something like that. And there's like, oh, cool, writer pills, some sort of crazy thing they have on Mongo. And it was when I was an adult that I said, oh, he's just asking him, are they on the right pills? There's nothing exotic about that at all. No, he's not saying that. He's saying, are your men on the right of hills? The right of hills. Are your men on the side of a hill? Why are they falling down? He's not asking if they're on pills. Are your men on the right of hills? Like, it's a British way of saying, are your men drunk? Why can't they stand up? Because I thought it was, are they on the right of heels at first? And I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's the right of hills. This is this line is is like is the movie equivalent of "There's a bathroom on the right." Yeah. Well, here's what I want to know: It was 1980. What people weren't steroids wasn't a big thing in sports or at least it wasn't like uh, people weren't as publicly aware of that. It, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it was, they were doing it, but it wasn't common knowledge. And so when they say the pills, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the audiences would think of when they say that. I know that was 
like a big thing was in sports and there were some stories about it where uh, players taking you know basically just taking the right drugs to get them through the day uh jim yeah they a lot of the like a lot of baseball players would take amphetamines because they'd be out partying the night before and to get through the day games the next day are you guys seriously telling me the script says that are you on the right pills yeah wait (laughs) that doesn't make any sense no i know mine doesn't make any sense either but that's what my truth has been for the past 35 years since i've seen this i thought you were joking oh my god yeah no i did too i'm not joking are you (laughs) men on the right of hills it's like saying if there was a hill and your men were on it, they'd be falling down it. Are they on the right of hills? Nope. Which I was like, that's a weird way to say it. I just thought it was a British turn of phrase, and I was like, all right. No, it's the. What's wrong with Jamie? Oh, he's on the. He's on the. He's on the right of hills. This is not the first awkward conversation we've had like this during the run of the show. This is. I think this is number three. I. I, I think I have to add awkward conversations to our running storylines. It's not lines, awkward uh, because she- who says are they on the right pills? That's not what he's saying. Meaning, you know, are they are they taking? You know, are are, are you taking? Are you giving them the vitamin A, or you're just giving them the vitamin oh, D? Are they on the right? This changes pills? everything, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, this is about as bad as the uh, Porkins talk that we had earlier in the run of the show. Yeah, yeah. After all this time, it's you now know it's the right pills. So has 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 your world just come crumbling down, Jonathan? I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. <laughs> You guys have ruined a childhood movie that I told you I was I was in a vulnerable place last week and I told or last last um episode. I told you uh my uh my HBO story. This movie changed my <laughs> life. And you're telling me that it's been a lie this whole time. They weren't on the right of hills. It's in my notes. <laughs> That's the name of this episode, The Right of Hills. That, that, that will be the name of the episode. <laughs> it will be Right of Hills. Damn it. I'm so I'm so distressed right now. Tell you what, somebody ha- listening to this has to write something using the right of hills, because it's actually a nice turn of phrase. I, Isn't it pretty? It's pretty in a weird way, and you'd be like, "Yeah, that'd be with something weird that like a British movie b- written uh, produced by two guys from who knows where talking." Yeah, you know, like it's just a whole. Yeah, you know, I was like, "Oh, I bet you they just came up with this." And Max von Sydow was like, "When I was a child, my old nana used to say, mm, you 'You're not on the right of hills,' which means that you are off balance." I bet you, and, and then then I was like, "Oh, I had this whole thing in my head where he." Uh, in all honesty, I could see Shakespeare. I could see a line from a Shakespearean play saying, "Oh, that's really on the right of you." Yes, this is this is my Shakespeare. <laughs> and that's the first time Shakespeare and Flash okay. have been put. So, uh, everybody listening, your job this week weekend is work right of hills into your conversation, and don't make a big deal out of it. But just like he's like, ah, gee, I was, uh, I wasn't really on the right of hills. Make sure you do it on Twitter and then take a picture of it oh, and yeah, send it to so them. Oh, yeah, so awesome. And, see, and Please. At, at us also, because uh, we'll, I'll use it all week. Actually, I'll use it on Friday. I'll use it all Friday that this episode comes out. I will, any response I say will have some sort of Ming, Mingism in it. And I'm so, I'm so mad. Brad, I got an idea. Uh, all three of us are dads, yes. right? That the, I know the of. Next time Wait, that doesn't work. Do s- <laughs> The next time our kids do something that just like you know just makes you want to smack yourself in the head, are you on the right of hills? And let's see what let's see what their reaction is. My son will just say what, and then do it again. <laughs> now that we've gotten past that, I'm not past it. Well, 
Well, speaking of writing things, Brad, we do have our third instance of lazy script writing. There have only been three? (laughs) Unless you don't consider the following to be lazy script writing, as Flash prepares to start throwing the egg football, 41, 42, 43, hut, hut! Really? 41, 42, 43? That no, no quarterback in the history of the NFL has ever said 41, 42, 43. He, he just had been counting earlier, and he just was continuing. This is just the numbers of counting that goes on in Flash's head. <laughs> How come all football hikes always start with 41? That is a If you go and watch any cartoon or anything that makes fun of football, the first thing they go is, down, set 41! They always start with 41. Is it a funny number? It's kind of a funny number, I it's, guess. It's a good number. It's, it's It's got a nice sound to it. But, you know, it starts with 40, so you have the two syllables. It has one at the end, and that's a, like that, that's a, it has a nice sound to it. So uh, I, I, it could just be that that's a good word to start on. Although, as uh, Eric just pointed out, it's lazy writing here. So it would be weird that they would actually put thought into the first number and then just say, yeah, 42, 43. Again, do you think the people making this movie knew what football was? This movie wasn't made in America. They were just like, I don't know, just say some numbers. And he's saying, Sam. And Sam's like, okay, 41, 42, 43. It'd be great if there was like a, 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 you know, a, an, extra, an extra scene on the DVD where it just shows he, he just kept counting. The edit out is like, no, no, Sam, I, I know we're, we're in the <laughs> 80s now. We don't have, we're going to have to pay the crew double time if we keep going let's just we're, we're just going to cut and use what we got no it's fantastic it, it's great sam thanks it must be some planet you're from 86 87 88 137 he's been doing it the whole movie sticks his arm in that tree man's weird log and he's like <laughs> 832 you've changed my whole mind on this whole movie he's just flash it's since 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 what ming said is not what he said you i'm 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 on my heels i am on the right of hills and so i am i am on the right of hills and so i just every i'll believe anything you tell me now flash counts the rest of the movie fantastic (laughs) that's his motivation I uh we we also get some really good stuff from Clytus um and we're we're all Clytus fans here and it, I love the the football instructions that he gives and it's like you, know, you fools and it's like lean down like this he's like all right yeah that's he's playing some sort of barbaric game yeah and he he's like match him he, now okay now does he say this now I'm now I'm worried that everything I think is not what ha- he says match him you're questioning your entire reality now. He yeah. says match him, right? <laughs> uh, I'm scared you guys are going to be like, no, no, that's not what the script says. And you just made it up. <laughs> no, that was his instructions. Don't really see how that's supposed to help. It's like, hey, I'm pretty sure you guys have guns. Get get, get the, the, the handshake gun again. You know, that that seemed to really throw Flash off. Or, or where where is the psycho flying death orb during this whole scene? Why doesn't he just swoop in and take My Flash batteries off? are low. <laughs> I am recharging. <laughs> Do you know how much it, it it spends of my energy to float? Well, you know, and speaking of the psycho flying death orb, so we get we get Voltan starts messing around with the soldiers. The little dwarf guys start messing around with the soldiers. Are they not afraid that the psycho flying death orb, which in previous minutes has shown sees and hears everything, isn't seeing this, isn't recording it all to tell Ming later? I think they're. I don't. I think they're safe because they're kings. I, I bet you the little guys are also kings. I don't know. He killed Prince Thun, made Prince Thun, you know. 
He did, but I, I think they all, but to a certain degree, the ones that are not hit badly, like Prince Thun was, is because they were blasted. <laughs> That's what, and so I think that these other kings are still, they're still, if you were in a courtly situation in King Henry VIII's court and you were high up, you could easily do this to a guard. Like you could screw around. I, I think at this point, these guys are like goofs. These guards, they are like bumbling. I mean, these are not the best guards. Ming could care less if one of them gets caught. Yeah, I think head. he's more interested in finding out who this Earthman is and what this what he's doing than he's not worried about anybody leaving. They know that they can slap around and you know beat up these guards, and Ming doesn't really care as long as you don't go after Ming or I think Ming, Ara, and possibly Clytus are the ones that are off limits. Yeah, they're untouchable. This was the minute where I really, really understood how much I love Prince Voltan because the facial expressions and how much enjoyment he gets in this scene of beating up the the guards is so cool. And just, you know, and he's just enjoying himself. And then also him being sneaky, although he's not really being sneaky. He knows everyone sees him doing this, but he just has fun just whacking him on the back of the head and just sort of like whistling, looking up. It's like, I'm not doing anything. It just was so cool. We get to see Voltan and his uh, second in command. What's his second in command's name? Oh, I'll, I'll, I have it somewhere. The other guy's Biro. Uh, Biro. Fico. Great I think names. It's Fico. We talked about him in a previous minute. I think it's Fico. I'm trying to think what actor he is. He he looks dirty, right? I'll give you. I, I'll keep talking. Okay. I'll, I'll find. Yeah, him. he's 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 that uh, character actor that you're just like. He's like the same guys. You know, the, when they were probably trying to find people for Crawl. He's also one of the same people who went ca- tried to get cast for that movie. Just this like rough and tumble British guy, and uh, I love his his um, his portrayal of the straight man next to Brian Blessed is is fantastic because Brian Blessed is literally, I mean we we don't even hear him talk in this, and he's already acting his brains out in the scene. All right, his name, the character's name is Luro, and he's played by John Hallam. Luro, Luro. A lot of great names in this movie, and and they're hard to say because you don't really know what at the time in the eight in nineteen eighty they didn't have this on any you know posters didn't say who it was because I remember I could, didn't know who Ming's daughter was I couldn't say her name or pronounce her name because I couldn't see it I'm big on being able to see a name and I was I was like is it Ura is it Yura is it or it was it almost becomes Ohura you know what I mean because I'm like I'm like. <laughs> trying to figure out what it is. And they all have, they all, a lot of them have uh, European accents, like this middle European. So it's hard to pin down sometimes the way they say things, kind of like when things are on the right of hills. You know, it's it's hard to understand. And, and, and uh, Clytus does this too. Clytus has a, a few lines in this movie that you're like, what? It's hard to figure out where, where, where the accents begin and the actual words end and and a lot of this was done again in ADR. I know later, so I'm wondering how much was changed as the movie was being cut. Eric, we've, we've talked a lot about the ADR, and it's it's done pretty heavily. What can you tell us about the the ADRing done in the movie? Why was it so vast, and uh, you know what was the philosophy behind it? Because you know usually ADR is done simply because some of the lines were mumbled or there was bad sound and caught it and. I mean, there's always ADR. It's, um, you know, it's uh, the, well, excuse me. There's always uh, uh, recordings like that. There's not ADR. ADR is different than that. That, you know, it's ADR is additional dialogue. 
it's the hey what did he just say did he just say that you know it's all that stuff but yeah in this movie it it seems like sometimes even the main characters have it's not adr i know it's uh over you know it's they get the guy got dubbed over again i know it happens a lot yeah i mean the yeah i mean the most famous thing of course is that uh I, we actually haven't even discussed this yet uh we don't we don't hear sam jones voice we, we Sam Jones is, you don't hear one word uttered by Sam Jones in this movie that basically, uh, and the reason why was after principal photography was done, there, there was still some more research that had to be done. And essentially, uh, Sam's manager, this, uh, I, I saw an interview with Mike Hodges, the director who basically said Sam's people, his manager, his PR people sort of got it a hold of him and started stroking his ego saying, you know, Oh, they're, they're trying to get you to come back to do more, get more money out of it. And so Dino De Laurentiis just fired him and said, well, we'll just finish it up without you. And they had to redub a lot of the lines. So they just got an actor who, to this day, no one knows who it is, which is incredible. And they just had that actor overdub every single line of his in the movie. But he's flashed to me, which is, makes no sense. That voice. Yeah, and, and this, is something I didn't, this is something I didn't know until I was an adult. So much like your universe was just shattered recently with the right pills, when I learned as an adult that I didn't actually know what Sam Jones sounded like, my mind just exploded. I was like, that's not Sam Jones' voice all these years I've been watching in this movie? It, it blew my mind. I remember when I heard about it, it was probably in the late 80s, and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And I, I kind of really didn't probably internalize it that much. And then when Stargate was on, Stargate SG-1 was on, Sam Jones was on it as a guest star and I heard his voice for the first time in probably 20 years. And I, at first I thought, man, he's had some hard living. And then I was like, no, that's his voice. Like he just, he, he kind of talks like this. He kind of has a low voice, much lower than that. Yeah. It's like, it's not as clean. I mean, the, the, the guy they get sounds like flash Gordon, you know, he sounds like flash Gordon and I, I'm amazed that we don't. That's a shame that we don't know who did it because that happens a lot in Star Wars with the credits and a lot of other movies from this time period where the the people who came in and kind of did extraneous work because they were on set that day don't get the credit they deserve. Like the like the famously the uh, person who played the emperor, the, supposedly a woman put on co- uh, makeup to be the emperor in the second in the Empire, Empire Strikes Back. You know, to be, yeah, with the monkey eyes, that it was a woman did the face. And she, over the years, there have been a couple of women who've come out and, and, and it's kind of been trying to prove that it's a couple of people, but it's a shame. And this is one of the biggest shames is that one, it, 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 it definitely messed up Sam Jones's uh, career. No one can say that Sam Jones, if this movie had been, I mean, this movie was campy, but there's people who were in Golan Globus movies that went on to be you know, great actors or at least uh, passable actors. I mean, Gene Hackman's been in a Golden Globus movie for God's sakes. So, uh, you know, so there's no, there's no, I'm not dissing the fact that the movie was made on the cheap. I'm dissing the fact that Sam Jones and the way that this was handled was never anything that could have been, this could have been easily avoided. The, the money issue, I understand those kind of things, but not even giving credit to the person who overdubbed the voice is like, it's crazy. Or just that even that, you know, with the internet age now, you know, that just whoever it is has just either has never come forward or someone who knows who it was has never said, it's just no one has ever said who it is. It's incredible. 
About a year after this, there was uh, a Lone Ranger film. Oh, I saw that one too in the movie theater. Yeah, Clinton Spilsbury was a star of it, and, and apparently he was possible to deal with. Not a great actor. It was the only role he ever had, I believe. Great name, though. Clinton Spilsbury. Great name. Good-looking guy. Definitely had movie star looks and bad, bad actor. And they got, what was it, James Keach to overdub all of his dialogues. So same thing. But that... But obviously, I know that it was James Keach. He, he was uh, who was a known actor. He was part of the Keach family. So it's funny that that, that happened uh, more often. I know they also in one of the Mad Ma- like the first Mad Max film, they overdubbed uh, for the American release uh, Mel Gibson's voice, which now is hilarious because now he doesn't even have an accent. And at the time, they were like, "Oh, it's too off-putting. So let's make him American." Yes, because God, no, people don't like Australian accents at all. Yeah, because we hate Thor. Oh, that poor Russell Crowe. Mar- Margaret Roby. <laughs> God, they can't get any work. Nicole Kidman is, is just has had horrible time be- uh, making movies. Nope. And, and, and poor Yahoo Serious never did anything. Oh, wait. That one actually works. I don't think the problem with Yahoo Serious was the voice. I think it just really started with his name and went from there. <laughs> and then everyone got him confused with Carrot Top, and then it was all over. Hugh Jackman is not an international star. Hugh Jackman never went anywhere. In this scene, Flash is really kicking. uh, He's kicking butt all over the place. Dale is supporting Flash as best she can by. Here we go again with Dale. Dale and her movement. Ugh. Yes. Duh. (laughs) She, the, the go Flash go thing. She, speaking of the improv in this movie, she came up with that on her own. That she was like, well, she figured Flash is a, Flash is a football player. So. What? Who? Who cheers for football players? Cheerleaders. I'm going to do what cheerleaders do, and she did the Go Flash Go. <laughs> Has she ever seen a cheerleader move? She's like, "Hey, Go Flash Go!" She looks like JJ from Good Times. Like, like she's got like this. Cr- she's doing these crazy arms. Like, <laughs> I mean, just like a guy that was is trying to be a goofball. And you're like, what are you doing? And this is, just, you know, I hate to, I hate to pile on. I mean, she just was attacked two minutes ago. It, oh, this the melody, poor melody. Do you think the problem is the jacket she's wearing? Because when, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm actually serious about this. On the rare occasions where I wear my, when, when I get dressed and I'm wearing my suit and I have my suit jacket on, those actually aren't well designed for a lot of range of motion and she had some pretty impressive shoulder pads I, I, i've said before it's pretty crazy that flash was the football player and uh, dale was the one walking around with the shoulder pads on the entire the first half of the film she's trying to do like a lot of arm movement in a jacket that's probably and it was cut to be a little snug and with the big shoulder pads it's like you can't move your arms well in that outfit i don't i do not i do not agree but here's why i don't agree ming the merciless is wearing a 30-pound costume right now, and he's acting the crap out of this scene. And Voltan is wearing pretty much a bra made out of leather, and he's acting his way out of this scene. She's wearing a jacket. Admit it. Admit it, Brad. She's weird. <laughs> Dale's weird. Melody, I, I hope you're listening. We love you. We think you're great in this movie. I, I tried my best. I love you too, but you're weird in this part. Speaking of weird, weird. the fight scene's going on, and at one point, everything makes sense. Flash is using his football skills. He's throwing the ball, he, he's throwing spirals and knocking everyone out with the uh, the, the impervious eggs. He's uh, just ramming through, and then at some point, not what I would consider a normal football move, he does a log roll to knock down all the bad guys. Yeah, that that's a 
That's a goofy move. That that doesn't work. I don't think those guys are two fifty easy. You would just roll up against their legs and just keep rolling, and they would just be like, "What's going on, little man?" They're not on the right pills. They're on the right of hills. That's why they are falling down. Well, they're not on the right pills, so you know that that, that right of hills is really just going to throw everything off for the rest of your week. Rest of my life, I've lived. I live. I live most of my life in ignorance. No, I I I, I say that it's not ignorance. I'm right. You're wrong. I need to get on the left of hills. That's sort of where the, this this fight ends. Um, you've lived most of your life on the right of hills, is what you've done. It turns out. There, we, we just missed out on what would have been an incredible blooper. At one point, Sam Jones brings his arm back to throw one of the eggs, and as he's bringing his arm back, he almost slams Timothy Dalton with the egg right in the face, barely manages to get his head out of the way. It clearly was unplanned, and I, I, oh, I, I, I wish yeah. he had hit him and that the blooper had stayed in like the Stormtrooper ate in his head in the original Star Wars or something like that, because it would have been so awesome, but he was just able to get his head out of the way, yeah. His beautiful face, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. We can't hurt Timothy Dalton. Baron, he's so wonderful. This movie, this movie has a lot of bloopers already left of this movie. <sighs> I've given Dale a hard time, but I still, uh, same thing we talked about before. The costuming is great. And the cinematography in this movie, and in this scene especially, is spot on. It's uh, really great and a really well done action scene. The ADR is off-putting, but it doesn't take me out of this scene because it's mostly uh, a song and some some grunting. It helps that this is a minute. Sam Jones is a really good action actor. You have him moving, and he, he really comes to life. So he, even the goofy stuff, the log roll, he does it well. He commits to it. Um, he, he's an obviously athletic guy. And, you know, Jonathan, you, you watch a lot of Tom Cruise being in the, the world of uh, Minute by Minute for Mission Impossible. And Tom Cruise, a very good actor. People have weird feelings for him sure say what you will about him but he's still one of the biggest actors in the past what four decades a lot of success was not a natural action star although he was athletic obviously fit but because he wasn't tall and not necessarily a natural athlete took a while for them to sort of get their feet under him as an action star Mm-hmm. We talked about this on your minutes we said one this in the first mission possible he's not an action star and in the second one He's if he's a no, two out of ten in the first movie, he's at eight or nine out of ten in the second movie. Might have gone a little too far with the uh, karate and the you know you know the, that level of uh, fighting skill, but yeah, they definitely. I mean, he he pulled it off. He did those flips. Yeah, as we all jokingly say, he does his own stunts. Don't forget. So yeah, he the physicality. A physical actor. If being physical actor is hard, yeah. And uh, Sam Jones is good at it. Would uh, how would Ethan Hunt fare against Ming if Ethan Hunt was the one who landed on Mongo instead of Flash? <laughs> Ethan Hunt's a little bit smarter than Flash. He definitely wouldn't have counted sequentially if he if he had to uh, if he had to fight this. He would he one he wouldn't have gotten caught. He would have gone running before the uh, the hand handgun got him. I think he would have gotten away. There would have been instead of this scene. This scene would not have existed. Instead, there would be a scene of Ethan descending into the treasure room to get some sort of MacGuffin blow up the, the planet gun from him. Well, and Zarkov would have some cool tech with him. So that's the one thing about Zarkov that makes me very sad is that he has nothing with him. He went with what, what pack your toothbrush or whatever. So he's got his toothbrush and, you know, he's gone off to fight the people of Mongo. This has been a great week, uh, and these have been some fantastic minutes. We've all learned a lot. Speak for yourself. I'm not too happy with this last minute. <laughs> 
And then, and in all fairness, the first minute of this week was absolutely brutal to get through to. I mean, it was brutal, and the last minute was brutal. Bookends. It's like a sandwich. Flash Gordon sandwich. But it had a fantastic middle. We, we talked about the song in yesterday's episode, Football Fight. I just wanted a, a little uh, a tidbit about that song. This was the B-side when they released Flash as a single. Football Fight was the B-side. I had this record. That is so damn cool. It's, it's a good song. I had this record, and I had, I had this record when they did a remix of it, too. They have a... They redid the Flash song, and it wasn't by by Queen. Someone else remixed it, but it was awesome. But it was a record. Very cool. Very cool. And Jonathan, what else do you have to share with us this week? But your your last word. I have a feeling I know what your last words are going to be. But but, but your your last thought. <laughs> my last thought is: I wish I got to see General Kala. She's probably my third favorite person in this movie. Everything else, though, I've been. Su- uh, my last thought is this is a great scene and this is a great set and I love this movie and I'm hard on it. I'm only on the hard on the things that I love in movies. So this movie has a soft spot in my heart. Now, obviously I know it's all lies and misunderstandings, but that doesn't diminish the fact that I love this movie and I'm really happy that you guys let me come on and uh, uh, ruin one of your episodes. <laughs> so thank you. Oh no, wait, wait. Thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been fantastic having you. We recommend everyone check out uh, you, you, your your world of uh, Mission Impossible minute by minute. Uh, share again one last time where people can find out more about what you're up to. All right. Here it is. One last time. I am at Minute Impossible on the internet. So you can find us on, on Twitter at Min Impossible, M-I-N Impossible, on Facebook at The Impossible Minute Force, on Instagram at Impossible... Uh, minute impossible i almost forgot what it was <laughs> minute impossible uh we have some behind the scenes stuff we show on instagram and uh you can download us anywhere uh just look for minute impossible we're on all the podcatchers out there we recommend everyone do so it's a really good podcast and uh it's just fantastic work being done and uh eric where can people find out more about our little uh, piece of uh the the, the interwebs well, we would love to chat with you on our Facebook page, the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. We'd love to chat with you on Twitter at Flash Gordon Pod, and we'd even love to chat with you on an old-fashioned email, flashgordonminute at gmail.com. We ask everyone, if you're enjoying us, uh, to go on to uh, iTunes and rate and review us. Uh, we, the, the more ratings and reviewings we get, uh, the, the, the more people... Uh, the more reach we receive. Um, and it's uh, been another great week. Eric, as always, I have to thank you. Uh, the, the Flash Gordon Minute was your brainchild, and uh, it's been so much fun doing this and uh, always bringing the, the great guests and reaching out and making this happen. So thank you, Eric. Oh, well, listen, I, I, I got to thank you for you know, enabling this and being my partner here. Aww. <laughs> it's been so much fun. I'm feeling really great, but there's just one thing that's keeping me from being completely right of hills. Ooh, just one thing. All right. Really love doing this. I love recording this. And what's a lot of fun is uh, we'll have a, have a beautiful uh, golden retriever, uh, Boomer, who uh, just loves being by my side. He's he's right next to me now, and it's great to do this, the podcast, and have my dog and scratch his head. But the problem is this dog won't stop farting. All right. Well, I have a cat. So uh, as you sit there dealing with the repulsive smells and sounds and odors coming out of your dog, uh, and my cat here is just actually right next to me as well, and she, she's not farting, don't worry about all that disgustingness and filth, because Flash will save every one of us. Flash! Ha-ha! <laughs> 
Join us next week as we explore Prince Baron and Prince Aura's twisted romance with Joey of Death by Podcast. Incredible adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute.